This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hey, it's Doug here, and I got back from Camp Fi recently, and you may remember if you heard the episode from a couple weeks ago where Diana Miriam and Maggie Tucker and myself answered questions from the audience. So we had a blast with that, and Camp Fi is so much fun. I can't wait to go to week two in the Rocky Mountains here coming up in the summer. We recorded another episode. Steven said, hey, Doug, you want to you wanna do some more stuff? So... I scrambled a little bit and I pulled together an idea. Steven fed me the idea, so thanks for that. But basically, I pulled it together and I asked uh, four people, actually five people, but one couple from the crowd to come up and we would just do sort of short form interviews, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes or so. And it was a blast. So we have people from various stages of their journey and different interests. And Maggie Tucker from Friends on Fire helped me again. So I needed someone else to sit up there with me since Carl unfortunately was absent. He wasn't able to attend this Camp Fi event, but Maggie stepped up. She did a great job and I was actually surprised at what good uh, rapport we had together. I felt like she was asking questions that I was thinking and didn't ask right away and she got in there. So I felt awesome about that, but even better, she was asking questions that I didn't even think of, which of course, uh, adds more depth to the whole conversation. So that was amazing. Thanks to Maggie. Be sure to check out her podcast. We'll link up for it in the description. And an even bigger thanks to the people that joined me on stage. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm getting used to being in front of an audience and recording a podcast and talking. So I didn't think too much of it, which seems silly to say out loud here. But when I would ask uh, people from the audience, I would corner people when they walked over to to uh, bust their their plate at lunch or breakfast or whatever. So I would watch them walk over, and I'm sure the people are laughing now. I would watch them walk over, and then I would get up strategically and trap them in the corner, and then I would ask them if they would be on the show with us, and we would just ask them some questions. And they were they were very brave. Some people were like, "Let me think about it a little bit," but People said yes. They came up. They did a great job. And any sort of you know f- fumbling of questions or anything like that was purely you know my fault. And I gave this disclaimer in the other episode. The acoustics in that particular room are tough. So I did my very best to record on my studio and air quotes setup that I could fit in my backpack. And I think it's pretty good most of the time. So if there's any, you know, loud cheering, that, that's a little loud. So I apologize for that. It will be a little bit loud, but just keep an ear out for it. And I apologize. It's hard to control that kind of stuff. And then the other part is um, just managing the flow of such a recording. It's a little tougher. You know, normally it's just Carl and I sitting down here in the basement and it's very straightforward. But when you have an audience and then you have 
people walking up and coming up and there's different guests, it's more complex. And that was really the first time that I did anything like that before. And I learned from it. So if there's any, you know, fumbles or mistakes, those, those are actual fumbles and mistakes. And hopefully I won't make them again, but I learned along the way. So thanks again to everyone that joined us up there. And thanks to Maggie, I'll shut up and send it to the panel and I'll catch you on the other side here. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I'm Doug Cunnington, and I'm missing my friend Carl again, but I'm very excited because we're still at Camp Fi, and we have a live studio audience. And my friend Maggie is here helping me co-host again. How are you today? I'm good. I was going to say you're minus Carl plus Maggie. I'm not sure what that equals, but... It's an upgrade. It's definitely an upgrade. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And I like Carl, so I'm not going to agree to that. But We're going to be chatting with a few folks today. Before we bring on the guests, though, we've had some activities this weekend. Did you have a favorite activity so far? Uh, what, Naka, what's it called? Knockout. Knockout. Honestly, my favorite activity was I learned how to play Knockout from the Indiana crew contingency back there. And... It was really fun. It's a ba- it's like a high-speed, short, quick basketball game. Not even sure how to describe it. You can Google it. It's called Knockout. The Indianans play it. It's a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. Very but it was cool. all fun. Fantastic. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a favorite activity? Canoeing. Canoeing was pretty good. It was very peaceful. It was. I'm not out on the water very often, so it was a little scary. There's a lot of gators around here. From That's what I see on the news. There's a lot of gators in Florida, but I luckily haven't seen any here. There was an armadillo, is that right? There was an armadillo around here? Yeah, she's got photo evidence of it. It was apparently like this big, (laughs) or this big, we're not sure which, somewhere in that range. Very large. Yeah. All right, let's bring on our first guest. We have Tidian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and for the people that are only listening, they cannot see the small bottle. Tiny of... baby bottle. <laughs> yeah, what do you have there? What are you drinking? Oh, I have a little bottle of bullet bourbon that my wife packed for me very thoughtfully. Because oh, that's she wants such a nice thing here. for her to like put in your luggage. She, you know, that well, and toothpaste. She wanted to make sure note. I was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that all you brought was that and toothpaste? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I like it. A very yeah. small check-in bag. <laughs> I like it. It's really all you need. Yeah, and, exactly. um, it's extra funny because there's like full-size liquor bottles about 10 feet away <laughs> with cups, but you're just walking around with your, I like it. You know, it. Yeah, I got my own style. Yeah, I've like been it. told I'm very unique. Yeah. So, yeah. You're unique. So what do you do? Um, well, I do all kinds of things. Mostly, I try to uh, not injure myself while learning new things, <laughs> like uh, bushcraft and blacksmithing. I, uh, I do electrical work for money. Uh, I run my own business and hired myself as an employee. And uh, so far, it's been a pretty good relationship. Um, yeah. That's, and then, you know, I got a couple of kids that I, I try to keep alive and a, a wife that so far stays with me and, luggage for and you. packs my luggage yeah. for me. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. Very cool. Nice. And when did you become familiar with the fire movement or FI or anything like that? Uh, so it was February of 2017. Uh, I live in Massachusetts, so February is ice and snow up to your eyeballs. And uh, so my wife decided to go out for a walk, try out some new shoes, and she made it about 50 feet from the house before she slipped on the ice and got a really bad concussion. Wow. Uh, and it was bad enough that she was, she was told by doctors that she should not look at a screen or read a book 
or even think too hard for a while, like a month. Wow. Um, Scary. Yeah, it was it was pretty tough. <laughs> and so she turned to podcasts. She'd always been a saver. She's I think a lot of people here come from the same mindset of I've always been a saver, but I don't know what to do with it. And that was pretty much where she was. Um, and so in her podcast search, she ended up finding Choose FI in its infancy and got really into that and started listening to it and kind of passed it along to me and said, hey, you should listen to this. And that was that was kind of my introduction. I was working at a university at the time and I was looking at about 34 years before I got my pension, feeling pretty underwater about that. And then I, I heard this podcast that was saying, hey, there's another way, which just totally blew my mind. And I, I dove in head first. And how many years ago was that roughly? That was 2017. That was so she. I'm gonna need heard you to do the it. math for me. That was oh, how yeah, many. Oh yeah, sorry. No, no, was, I gotta get a calculator for I that. I'm like, though. you're making this hard, Tinian, but thank you. Right, these are big numbers. I know. Was, uh, five years ago. I gotta take off my shoes and socks to count that. <laughs> yeah, five years ago. Okay. And then was she? It sounds like you were on board pretty quick. Was she as pumped as you? Were you both on board right away? Yeah, yeah, we were both on board. I think I probably went a little bit more uh, early retirement extreme right away. Whereas she was much more realistic about it. She, you know, she, she plays along with me a lot of the times with a lot of my harebrained ideas. And so she kind of let me go along with this and, and just really dive into it full, full hog. Like what was the extreme measures you were doing? Was it oh, like we just, tracking your money? Cutting saving? out everything. Like, I just okay. didn't want to spend any money. Yeah. Every time I spent okay. a dollar, it hurt my soul. And yeah. so it was, it was cutting out all spending <clears throat> and working as much as possible to make as much money as possible. So I was, I was working for an employer and then I was doing electrical work on the side for my business. And so basically working seven days a week. Was it almost like a little obsessive in the beginning because oh, very you were so, so committed? Yeah. To, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I roll anyways. I get into something and it's my entire world for six months until I forget about it. How'd you like end up throttling it back? Did you get to a more kind of even keel? Yeah. So and I think this is kind of an evolutionary process that a lot of us go through in the Phi community is that you, you find it, it's everything you want to put everything you have into it. And mm -hmm. then you kind of realize that you've taken away all the good stuff in life. And you're, you know, I was, I was just talking to some folks about this, about how we were completely living for tomorrow and sacrificing today. And I realized that that's not the life that I want to live. Yeah. I want to live for today. You know, I don't want to forget about tomorrow. But I also want to live for today. So it was, it was kind of finding that balance of like, we took everything out. I want Sorry, we're laughing at Diana's aha. Uh -huh. no, no, no. It's like a commercial. Can you put some of that in my this tiny bottle? This podcast is, is <laughs> sponsored by Aha Water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I'm thirsty. That I hope that's refreshing. Me. I hope you're enjoying <laughs> yes, it. Yes, it better be very good. <laughs> so you were making a wonderful point. Yeah. Living for today, not tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, we were, we were kind of figuring out that taking away everything uh, sucked. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of brought back some things. But we were, we were bringing things back mindfully in the sense of, you know, the thing that we're bringing back. Is this something that's important to us? Is this something that we get value out of? Like, name a couple things you took away and brought back. Uh, so we, we took away all um, streaming subscriptions, Netflix, all that's that. Sad. We cut our cable yeah. bill. Um, yeah, it was all other expenses, you know, all the kind of daily stuff that you go about buying. You know, I, I told my wife we we're just going to eat rice and beans for a while, mm. you know, which so we cut out our food budget. We cut that down very, very low. Um, and, the, and the food kind of sucked for a while. <laughs> got, got boring pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then it was just a matter of, of kind of realizing that, you know, it's there are things that you can spend money on that 
are good to spend money on. And, you know, we, we started bringing those things back in a little bit at a time. Probably much more intentionally, I would much imagine. Much more intentionally, yeah. yes. Are you at a good balance right now, or are you still trying to find the right zone? Yeah, I'd say we're, we're in a pretty good balance right now. I think we've gotten to the point where we kind of don't really think about money a whole lot. Um, you know, we just we know that we put a lot into our retirement accounts, and we know that when we do buy something, we're going to try to get a good deal on it, and we're going to buy things that bring us value. And Can I? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's, I was trailing off anyways. Okay. Do you, if you don't share numbers like this, feel free to just say next, sure. but do you share like on average, what does it cost you and your two, your wife and your two kids to live for a year? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, um, we could very comfortably live on about 40 grand a year. Wow. That's yeah. Scary. We're that's in a, great. we're in a fairly low cost of living area. It's not super low cost of living. I mean, I live in new England, so there isn't really any super low cost of living area. Um, but we, we found our way into an area that is reasonable. We also got very lucky. We bought a house uh, just before housing prices really started going crazy mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago. And so we, we've managed to have some things go in our favor that help us out with that. Yeah, it's awesome. And you mentioned a lot of the, I guess some of them are hobbies, some of them are more vocations. So you mentioned mm. blacksmithing, several other things. Bushwhacking. Bushcrafting. Bushcrafting. Bushwhack uh, bush too, everyone. Yeah. That's bushwhacking. That was like, that wasn't even a joke. I just messed the word up, but thanks. I mean, it's kind of, they're pretty much the same thing. It's just okay. bushwhacking is, you know, you bushcraft when you have bushwhack for a while and then decide then that you're going to stay here for a little bit. Okay. Yeah, if okay. you get really good at, at whacking crafted. bushes out of the way with a machete, it becomes now a craft. Now i crafted it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Exactly. And I used to watch that show uh, alone. That's Ooh, like, yeah. did you watch that? I love that show. He was telling me about it by the campfire yeah, the other night. Yeah, that's right. It's an awesome show. I've never so seen that's the kind of, have you, what's like your longest that you've gone out or how, how that's, deep that's into it? That's way more extreme than where I'm at. I'm, I'm still pretty new to it. I mean, I, I grew up in the woods, so we were always messing around in the woods, but I never really went off and spent a whole lot of time out there. Um, so I'm, I'm still, like I've done overnights and stuff, but I haven't done anything more than that. And then do you, is there some goal that you're trying to do? Like, do you want to go out for seven days or some, something? Is there some specific? Yeah, thing? I think I would like to, to spend a good chunk of time out there. Um, I think that mostly I would like to do that for uh, the, the chance to really test myself and kind of have the time. Because so I think one of my favorite parts of that show is that they have this time to really examine themselves and to figure out who they truly are. And in a situation like that, where you're, where you're living on next to nothing and you have very minimal uh, tools and, and other things, it's, you know, you have to just really get in touch with who you are. You don't have a choice. So I think that that's probably my goal is to just really have a chance to, to meet myself. It sounds terrifying. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to meet you, for him to meet himself, I think is right. what he meant, right? Yeah. Um, so here's a fun question for you. You right. are an electrician, I am. in case you didn't know. Um, and we were talking about like vocations, you and I earlier, and um, I, I think I've made the comment myself, like I know how much I pay an, an electrician or a plumber mm -hmm. or other things, and I think I pay them more than I make, mm -hmm. hourly I mean, and so they make good money is my point. And it's a, it's a, I think, often underrated field in many ways. If one of your kids came to you and was truly undecided about whether to go to college or like go to a vocational school to become an electrician, 
where would you guide them if you had to, if they're really saying, look, dad, I'm asking for your advice. What should I do? I don't necessarily see either of my kids as wanting to go into the trades. Um, however, if they were to come to me and say, I really don't know what to do. I, I think I might want to be an electrician, but I don't really know. I would, I would definitely welcome them into that. And I would say it's a great, great thing to try out. And, you know, just like anything else, you can try it out and do it for a yeah. couple of years and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, you know, you can just be an apprentice for a little while and, and get a feel for it. And, you know, maybe it's horrible and maybe you decide you want to go to college or maybe you stick with it. But I would certainly encourage people to stick with it. I always like hearing when people are thinking about getting into it. If you have any inclination of working with your hands and being physical and also some some good brain work, too. I mean, some of that stuff, really, you, you got to have a good head on your shoulders yeah. for some of it. And so if, if you have any inclination toward that, I think it's a great option. Very cool. Have you ever been shocked? Many times. Yeah, probably too I many times. I have no follow-up question to that. I'm just curious. <laughs> did, did it hurt? What was it like? <laughs> well, so actually, a funny story behind that. So my, my son got a gag pen where... Oh, you, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, when you click it, it's supposed to shock you. And he gave it to me. I didn't know what it was. And I clicked it, and I started writing with it. And he said, "What did anything happen? I said, what are you talking about? I think you might have lost some feeling in your... Yeah. And wow. he gave it to my wife, and she clicked it. And she was like, oh, geez, what is that? You know, and, it's, and he gave it back to me. And I'm like, there's nothing happening. It's, That's so... <laughs> you have a little bit of nerve damage. I think a little bit, yeah. 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 That's know, so it's, funny. You know, eventually you get to the point where you just you stop drinking coffee. You just kind of grab a wire in the morning. <laughs> it just wakes you right up, really. Yeah. It explains why when I went to shake your hand, it just sort of like, you know, right. like right. nothing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel anything. <laughs> Are there any misconceptions about maybe the trades or an electrician or, or anything like that, maybe that people just have a misconception of? Yeah, you know, that for a long time, there's been this idea that vocations are for people who aren't smart enough to go to college. And there's been a real push to have kids go to college because... You know, you don't want to end up a plumber working under somebody's sink. Uh, and, and I think that that, you know, maybe at first there was the old timers that, that kind of felt like there was a separation. And, you know, I don't think that's the case. Certainly not anymore. I, I really think that the trades are a great option really for anybody. And it, it, I think it's a respectable trade, a respectable field to go into. And people, like you said, can make really good money doing it. You can have your own business. In fact, it's an incredibly easy way to become an entrepreneur. Mm. I mean, it's I was, very flexible too, right? It's you super can kind of like, you know, yeah. flex how much you're working around yeah, different absolutely. priorities in life. And it, you know, when I when I went out on my own full time, I had been working part time on the side for a long time. I had a customer base all set up. I had all my tools ready to go already because I had been buying them over the years. And so the really the only thing I had to do was buy a vehicle because yeah. I was working out of the family vehicle for a while. Yeah. So Low, were, lower overhead than some other yeah, things you and, might get and into. And it's not, there was no risk. Like I, I was going into a job that I already had, you know, and it was, and ever since then I've, I've had more work than I know what to do with. That's awesome. And we're going to be wrapping up here in a second since we're, we're doing several guests today, but you did a, you did a talk. I thought you did, did a great job. Thank you. And I'm, I'm curious. A lot of people did ask me about giving my, my talk and I saw them asking about you. I guess, were, were you pretty nervous? Um, how was it actually giving the talk? And then how, how did you feel going through the whole process? 
So I'm, I'm not a public speaker. I, I was just talking with some folks before I got up here that, you know, for the last <laughs> month I've been working in an empty house by myself. I haven't seen another person. And then so getting up in front of 60 people and giving a talk that, you know, I, I felt like I had prepared for a little bit, but I still didn't really know what I was doing. It was terrifying. You know, it's, it's not what I do. Um, and, and doing the talk itself, I felt good while I was doing it. I was really feeling a lot of emotions in the process of it, which was yeah. interesting to me. It was not something that I had expected, but it was really fun to do. And it really felt good to do it. And I know that it's kind of, some of the things that we've talked about, like Maggie and your talk, you're talking about fear mm -hmm. and, and in my talk, I was talking a little bit about getting out of your comfort zone. And I think the two of them go hand in hand. Yeah. And this was a really big one for me was to really step outside of my comfort zone, embrace that fear and just go with it. And it really, it felt amazing to do. I have to say, you, and I've gotten some good feedback. You did a great nice. job. You, I haven't given you any good feedback yet, but like you did a really, I, I, mean, I know you meant you got feedback from other people, by the way. I was just saying I'm piling on now. Sure, but thank you. But you did a great job. And what's interesting about like how nervous you were saying and everything else mm. is like, it doesn't come across, it didn't come across mm. at all to me. Oh, wow, that's um, great. So you think you're feeling nervous, but you, right. you did fantastic. I was also, I know we had been talking about breathing a little bit and breathing techniques yeah. and stuff. I was, I was doing some box breathing beforehand uh -huh. just to kind of prep myself into it, which I think that really helped too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You're a good storyteller too. Telling oh, stories you. helps, I yeah, think, a lot. Yeah, definitely. It fills the time. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us up there, or up here. <laughs> Do you finish your bottle, Tinian? Uh, no, I have a little bit left okay. here. I'm waiting. Okay. To, I don't want to be drinking on the microphone. I think that would be. <laughs> That's all right. Work well. Yeah. You want to? Well, where can people find you? Hmm. So, uh, I'm mostly active on Twitter at DIY Captain. I occasionally post on Instagram at DIY Captain. I have a blog that I write posts for every five years or so uh, <laughs> at DIY2Fi. That's the number two. And uh, I imagine I'll probably write another blog post or two on there at some point this decade. But yeah, that's, cool. that's pretty much where I'm at. All right. We'll put links for everybody so they can find it really easy. And thanks right. a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now we have Brad and Rebecca joining us. Welcome. Yeah, good to be Thank here. Thank you. <laughs> what are y'all drinking? You go first. Vodka soda. <laughs> but mine's very masculine. Watermelon, vodka soda. So. All right. I like it. Yeah. Really Cheers. good, but it's a keto-friendly, gluten-free, the whole nine yards. Cheers. So it's good stuff, yeah. I'm, are drink you drinking I'm drinking water. Water. It's have delicious. A weird Gatorade. Vodka raspberry. I ran out of beer. I, I don't know. What happened. I don't know. It's been that kind of weekend. Yeah. So, who are you guys, and, and what do you do? Take it away, kid. Oh. Um, okay, I'm Rebecca. Uh, my husband Brad. Um, we. Uh, you want to know what we do for our everything? Yeah, yeah. We want to know everything. We'll dig in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm an accountant um, for my W two. And um, we are on the path to FI using a simple path to wealth, index funds, and real estate, and um, most recently uh, adding some cryptocurrency in there. Yeah. And I actually was um, basically right now, I'm like a glorified secretary. You know, I'm doing a lot of stuff. Like, I actually was uh, for about seven years, I was in law enforcement as like a 
crime and intelligence analyst. And then I got out and started getting into web development. I figured that wasn't for me. Then I got into Salesforce. Then COVID hit and we started. I just I was actually coming on board just to help build up our real estate business. And that's what I've been doing. It's like I kind of play more of like a acquisitions manager. I mean, she's definitely our our lead. She's like, as far as everything goes, as far as everything with FI and all the real estate stuff, she's always been the lead. And it's just like, you know, I, I kind of came in and just did whatever she told me to do. So <laughs> That's a safe plan. That's yeah. yeah. I like that you like know and own your place, though. Like you're, you know, it's great. I know. Yeah, I really appreciate that, too. <laughs> nah, she's taught me well. Yeah. So when did you guys first discover FI and how did you get involved in the community? Um, in, uh, 2018, we, well, we had no debt. Um, we'd paid off our debt in like 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we moved to Virginia beach and to Austin. And in that time frame, we, um, uh, stepped up our price, our, 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 the way we lived, we lived, uh, within our means, but we definitely lived larger. And, uh, then we, um, ended up moving to Jacksonville. So we, st we, we barely saved during those, those couple of years. Um, um, and then we moved to Jacksonville. We had downsized because we were saving to buy a big house. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then in, uh, so we did that in 2017 and then in 2018, we, I don't know, we were doing some house, house cleaning and I was like, I'm going to start listening to some podcasts and we should be, we have money that we have saved. We hadn't saved a whole lot in the last few years, but we had money that we had saved and it was making very little interest and we could be doing better, you know? And I was just thinking like, you know, we're, we're in our mid late thirties, you know, we should like, you start thinking about, am I going to do this for another 30 mm -hmm. years? <laughs> and uh, so I was listening to podcasts, trying to listen to uh, what we could do better. Like, well, um, how could I get some better interest on our, <laughs> um, you know, um, then somebody mentioned on one of the podcasts, they mentioned um, the fire movement. And uh, so I Googled that and that was mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was just on the couch. Like, oh my gosh, like that's a thing. <laughs> um, so then I went down the rabbit trail and yeah. found um, Choose a Fi and listened to all the podcasts, started at the beginning, listened all the way through. Was very excited yeah. <laughs> to share all this with Brad. We were ready to go on rice and beans, and <laughs> she, she was ready to go. On were rice you and like, beans. yeah? Were you like quickly? Were you quickly on board, Brad, or were no, you? Was I, was, a slow... I was very reluctant because okay. to me, it's just, and I still, to a certain degree, I go through these cycles of just like to me, kind of like that whole scarcity mentality. You know, I was like getting looking at Phi and just this like, you know, being just seemed very restrictive. They feel like first. you were depriving yourself. Yeah, because I always kind of and it's it's kind of silly, but it was just like to me, I was always like, you know, if we go out to a restaurant, I want to just be able to order whatever I want and not worry about yeah. it. Like, Which we had know, been doing. And we had been in Austin. <laughs> we did that a lot. We and it's just large. like, you know, and then that was just my mindset. I mean, but anytime you have a goal, you have to make some sacrifices in yeah. order to get there. But it wasn't honestly that what it had taught me is just like through the whole five process is just like, because like if you talk about the financial principles of FI and the things with the numbers, that's just like I was running out the doors quickly. Like we can possible. do the 4% rule. Yeah. That just went right over. I did not have yeah. for <laughs> And like I was talking with you, I was like listening to like Tim Ferriss and stuff like that. It's just about like life optimization and time optimization. That aspect of FI is what actually appealed to appealed, me. It's yeah. just like, to us, it's just like, you know, we were wanting more freedom and flexibility. 
And it's just like, it's just a tool or a mechanism to get you to that place. So you can choose like, Hey, this is, this is the way I want to spend my time. And you know, fire is just kind of a tool to get there. But yeah, it, it took a little bit because like I said, it was just, there's a few, for me, obstacles. It's just like, it's more mindset, you know, just to get, you know, I don't know, just kind of getting past those. But it's like when we, the first event we went to was, you know, Camp Fire here. And it's like, I think I was telling you, it's just like, uh, it's more the community and the people is what appealed to me. I'm more of an introvert, but like when I get here, it's just like, I feel like I'm in my element, you know? And it's just like the people, you know, actually encouraged me. And then it's just like the five principles started to come after that. And I started to gain more interest, you know, after I got exposed to like the culture, you know? So yeah. the, the culture was the big thing for me. That also changed my approach. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you realized the spreadsheets weren't working. Yeah. So yeah, what did but you? But I had spent so much time on the spreadsheets. Yeah. Like I really wanted to share with him and pour. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was not working for him. So I had to. I was coming in a little strong, and um, and I was all in. And uh, so no, I I mean he's very like he said he's very what matters to him is how does he spend his time and is his time free and how, you know, he's very focused on being efficient with his time. So I was like, hmm, well, if you had more time, <laughs> what would you do with it? You know, like how would you, how would you live differently? So I had to approach it from, yeah. um, yeah, I had to. Had like to the why kind yeah. of yes. purpose. And yes. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be my why. It has to be his why. And, um, that definitely, definitely helped our conversations, uh, a lot. <laughs> what was like the time period of that process from like when you discovered it and went down the you know rabbit hole to like getting him fully on board? Was that like months or like years? Um, well, it's probably what was it? You started truly, doing yeah, maybe like uh, August, September. I started really getting really, really like I had a plan. You like know? last like, year? Oh, oh, no. like, oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, like, 2018. Okay, I was like, you seem further along. Than yeah, that. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So. um and then I, I <laughs> this is just a funny side story, but I listened to the Choose a Fi episode with um, millionaire educator um, Jerry Bourne, and the, he has a 457B. He's a teacher. He has a 457B, which Brad had with the city of Jacksonville, which we were doing nothing with. And um, it was getting close to the end of the year, and I was so excited about this. I don't know if you guys like know about this, but it's like a 401k and you, so it's tax deferred, but you can, when you separate from service, you can, you can withdraw it with no penalty. You get taxed on it, but you, yeah. uh, I think it's a deferred, you were talking yeah, about it. It's a yes, type of Maggie deferred compensation yeah. for exactly. a nonprofit. Yeah. Yes. So I was so excited about that because that fit beautifully into yeah. our plans. <laughs> you had a spreadsheet for like the math. And that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. You would no, you like to see uh, it? I, don't know. I would love. Well, to no, like, literally, what happened? Like she was waiting at the door for me when I got home, and she's like, "We're gonna put all your paycheck into 100%. this." And, I, and I'm just like, "What cult are you listening yeah, yeah. to?" And, and and just like, prior yeah. to this, the week before, he had gotten him to the point where he was like, "You know what?" I could put five percent. You know, I, I'm willing to maybe. What about a hundred? Next, next week, we'll, next year, we'll put in ten. And yeah, how about a hundred? Yeah, just through the end of the year. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he had, you know, till that was probably a Friday, and I needed the paperwork signed by Monday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was a long weekend and an interesting weekend. But he signed it. He was very. He was like, I know that you were yeah. uh no, I, try. I mean she's much more intelligent than i am so it's just like i trusted her with no it. i think he's super intelligent I and mean, he's 
He uh, listened. He I think he worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you're both intelligent. You're both very yes. intelligent. Um, but he did, and I knew I was like, yes, we we're, this is gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so it really did take truly. I mean, it was a slow process. We did. We came to Camp Fi, and the people like really won him over. Yeah, that was that. It was 100%. Like I said, it was a culture. Sure. And then did you know what you were coming into, Brad, with uh, Camp Fi? Like, did you know you were going? It was like, hey, just come in the car. <laughs> we're going camping. Yeah. No, no. I mean, yeah, we, we had definitely talked about it. I looked into it a little bit, but it was more like curiosity. I was kind of curious just to see, but yeah, I was, I was very reluctant, you know, to do it. And I wasn't overly thrilled at the same time but it's more like the curiosity and I was like yeah I'll give this a shot you honestly know? when I first mentioned it heard it on the choose a pie podcast and I first mentioned it and I looked at it, I totally did not I just threw it out there I did not think he was and he's like eh, okay maybe I was like, yeah so you know I mean I didn't yeah. I didn't like have to handcuff him to the car yeah. or trick him or you should have told him about knockout and how we get to play I know. oh he's been talking about this game yeah, I have to play this really I'm so fun. sorry yeah. I missed it I had yeah, good conversations I have to, have to take Give props to the Indiana team. Yeah. Like that. that was really cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so you've shifted a bit over to real estate. It sounds like that's a strong interest. Can you tell us about getting started there and where you're at now with it? Yeah. So when we were first looking at our numbers, we kind of had like a 10-year plan. So we came to Camp 5, Chad Carson was here, and he does, he does real estate. And uh, we, I mean, we, we had no intention of doing real estate, anything involved. I mean, that was like, we don't want the, the call at midnight for the toilets. That was pretty much our thoughts on it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're not super handy um, and uh, just had no interest. And still after Camp 5, I mean, it was interesting. Chad said something like, well, um, even my wife changes the light bulbs at our house. <laughs> so we were like, well, if he can do it, you know? <laughs> but still had no interest. Um, somebody from Camp Fi, after we went home, um, somebody from Orlando um, reached out and said, hey, I have a buddy who's selling a house, his rental. Um, I thought you guys might be interested. And, you know, I told him, like, maybe sometime down the road. We're just not, not us right now. But it got me thinking. <laughs> and uh, once, once I started thinking about something, I kind of... I go all in. And uh, so I started reading about it and um, just thinking, like, what could that do for our bypass? Because, um, you know, 10 years, if you start, if you add in real estate, you know, properties, that can really accelerate it. So started started reading about it, talking to him about it. You know, first, again, he yeah. not interested. That was probably even more resistance on my part because <laughs> I really did not want to do, like, real estate. I just heard too many horror stories about, like, you know, having real estate property and just, you know, people destroying the places or just like these calls you get at like two o'clock. It, it just didn't appeal to me at all. But, well, you know, but if she's right, like Chad Carson, the way he presented it, it was like, it, it actually made, you know, it's like, it was the first time I was like, I could see that working. And actually, you know, I played basketball with him too a little bit and he was talking about it. And it's just, you know, really down to earth type guy. And it was just like, oh, okay. And it's just, you know, in the back of the mind, it was, you know, it was kind of activated there, but still just like following through with it. I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, it made sense financially for our goals. Um, so we, we pursued, you know, learning about it. We went to some local RIA classes and really got connected with our, our local network. And then, I mean, we just we 
took action because I don't want it to be something that, you know, five years from now we're still talking about. Yeah. So, you know, you try it. And the, I mean, honestly, in 2019 and in the areas we were buying, the price point was not that horrible. So we were like, well, if it doesn't work, it's not the end of, you know, the yeah. world. We, we can make this up. Um, so we, uh, we started making offers and it was all very terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> How many properties do you have now? Uh, six properties, seven, seven units. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, bought one at the end of 2019. Um, when we started thinking about it seriously, like April, um, April, May of 2019. So we closed at the end of October, hmm. um, did a full rehab on that, converted it from like a two, two to a three, two, added some square footage by enclosing a laundry room and rented it out, had our first tenant March of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but that all turned out good. We bought uh, two more houses in 2020 and three, am I? Yes, three more, uh, including a two unit last year. And um, uh, one thing that we did do is we have a property manager because, you know, with what his, yeah, his, yeah, his concern about it. And, and I've told a couple of people this and it, like when you talk to people about getting into real estate, there are people who are absolutely like believe that, believe in it, like, you know, 100%. Yeah. And there's so many people who have done a lot of real estate. So it's a well-proven path. But a lot of people will tell you, don't even consider it. It's horrible. You know, they're going to ruin your properties, get burnt out, I'm just trying to get out of it. And like 99% of those people self-manage. Not to say that there aren't people who self-manage and do a wonderful job. But the likelihood of being burnt out seems to be a lot greater on the people who yeah. self-manage. And I just didn't want it to be that. So that was part of the deal is like, we have a property manager. Well, and especially um, while you're still working. Right? Yeah. It'd be, it might be different if you weren't. So you mentioned early on um, or earlier that you were about 10 years from Phi before you got into rental properties. Is that How much has that shortened or do you have a sense of your path? The, the goal now is 2025. So it's about okay. like seven years. It could probably be accelerated, but okay. I think that's a... It's but that, but like the rental years. properties have sped up the, the yes. journey financially. Yes, okay. uh, yeah, and it just diversifies it. I mean, yeah. now we we have we can draw down on index funds and we have rental income, and it just it's, it accelerates the process and it's more diversification. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're that's pretty excited. Awesome. <laughs> Any big mistakes along the way? Not getting started sooner. Yeah. <laughs> what Maggie said and what Tinian said, like, there's fear the whole. The whole process. It's mm. like getting into real estate. I mean, even getting into the whole thigh, it's different. You know, like um, your family isn't doing it. You know, like that's why it's good to surround yourself with people like like this. Yeah, um, and I was going to say, I appreciate like what you said this morning. It's just like, you know, you're scared. Like you said, you get scared. Like I do the same thing. I'm scared all the time. And I get those moments doing this where it's just like I have no freaking clue what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, even though we're like, you know, on to like the seventh door. And it's just like, I mean, it's like, I feel like if people peeled back, they'd say like, I'm a fraud. But I think, you know, a yeah. lot of people, you know, it's like the imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's just totally. like everybody kind of struggles with that. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, still, I mean, you just, you just learn as you go. You're not going to do everything right, you know, yeah. but you, you just do your best. And it's been working out, you know, it's just been really, it's been good. But yeah, it's, I'm like, I'm scared all the time. Like, especially like, I'm definitely, I have no skills as like a contractor or handyman. So when I'm trying to assess a property as far as like how much the repairs are going to cost and then we have to put it in an offer on it, it's just like, you know, I'm like, am I making the right call here? Are we putting, you know, we figuring out the numbers right. So yeah, there's like almost, like almost every step has a little bit of fear to it. Yeah. So. It's not like we live 
in fear. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah, really yeah. horrible. No, but it's, no, it but is like every step is is scary. Buying the property, working with the contractors, um, getting your first tenant in there, um, even refinancing. So we did we do the burr process, and so you're buying in cash, and then you're refinancing and doing the refinances for the first time. Because honestly, we have been renters our whole life, so. This was our first time even buying properties. <laughs> oh, even your yes. own. You were, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it, it was doubly, you know. Just... And what, what's the burr process for people who don't know? Oh, it's um, buy. So you're, you're buying, you're rehabbing, you're then renting the property out, and then you're refinancing it. So basically you have increased the value and you... Um, you pull your money back out of it. And so we've been... We've actually... It's, it's worked amazingly and we have very... Like we've been able to pull almost all of our money back out and be able to redeploy it. So Ooh. it's it's been amazing. Um, it's, also, it's, Doug, it's pronounced burr. You are <laughs> lean into it a little, <laughs> little Lean harder. into it. Look, roll your R's on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're wrapping up uh, your section here, but thanks for joining us. Okay. And you guys don't blog or no one can follow you anywhere, right? They cannot nowhere. Us. <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So, but you guys <laughs> totally organize uh, some of the meetings in the Jacksonville area. Is we that do. right? Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, we just like we're trying to do stuff like a monthly, and we do. You know, like we're we're wanting to incorporate like a speaker like every quarter. But a lot of times we'll just meet up. Like we'll have potlucks or you know things at people's houses. Are these we'll like to, five meetups? Or yeah, we're just like you know we have like off the Facebook page the, you okay. know the Jacks uh, choose fi. And we'll go to like coffee houses, breweries, you know, stuff like that. We'll just have meetups at different parts of the city. Like we just did one was the hiking, and then we went to have coffee afterwards. So that's so cool. I like breweries. We're a big fan of breweries. (laughs) But it's it it is like a mini campfire every month. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome that you proactively do that. Oh yeah, Yeah. and that's the Choose Fi Facebook group for the for the Jacksonville area. Okay, so people in the area, you can check that out. We'll link up to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Good deal. Thank you. Yeah. Guys. Thank you both. Thank you. Travis, how's it going? Great. Yeah. Doing awesome. And you, you probably know the question I'm going to ask, so I probably should have let everyone know. Who are you, and what do you do? All right. Uh, my name's Travis, and I travel full time. I hit my fine number back in 2017, and I've been traveling for about three years full time now. And just enjoying fi life and yeah. just taking it easy, life of leisure. Awesome. <laughs> Tell us what you travel in, Travis. Uh, I have my 2004 Toyota Tacoma. It, so for the most part, I stay either in Airbnbs or hotels. Uh, during the summertime, I'll do some camping. I have my tent and sleeping bag and blow-up mattress in my truck. And, and uh, so it makes it very easy to travel around. And, and uh, you know, it's the pre-runner, so I can kind of get up into some hills and stuff where most RVs can't go, so it gives me a little more flexibility that way. So. When did you first discover the fire? Uh, first discovered back in 2013, and weirdly enough, it was my worst year of income, and so I was kind of struggling along keeping uh, my travel business going at the time, and ended up running across uh, Retired by 40. That ended up leading me into Mr. Money Mustache and kind of realizing, like, you know, Everything that I was doing, just being frugal by nature and saving my money, like it just kind of created a very good structure to you know, what I was doing. Kind of gave me like a you know, defined path of what I wanted to do, but I was making so little money that I couldn't do much at that point. 
but within the next couple of years, I was able to you know, get my income up significantly and you know, hit my fine number very quickly after that. And you and I have done similar work, so I do some affiliate marketing, I have some websites. So can you talk about that a little bit? How did you get started with affiliate marketing? And you, you still do that currently and have some income coming in that way, right? Right, and uh, yeah, my very first job while I was uh, still in college was helping to build a travel website and just booking hotels in Mexico. And so this was back before the days of Google. It was AltaVista and Yahoo search. And so like nobody really knew like search engine optimization at that time. And so I was the designated one, got paid $10 an hour to figure that out. And so I kind of you know, got that skill set early and then uh, you know, started to use that to build different type of sites outside of the travel industry since that is a very volatile industry. So, yeah. Cool. And then? When you once you discovered Fi and you, your income was going up, did you like go all in? You were like, I want to retire as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Talk yeah. About that a Since bit. the travel industry, you know, I hit. You know, I went from like well, to give actual numbers, went from about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars income down to like thirty thousand. So it was you know, as I was you know supposed to be building my career, I was going down instead, and so just like having you know that happen. You know, in 20, what, 2009, 2010 timeframe, you know, once I actually had that money coming in, I just wanted to at least get to the like lean five number. Like I couldn't do any sort of like coast five. I just wanted to hit something that I knew that no matter what, if the industry went down again, whatever happened, I had like enough money to survive. And then you've been traveling for a while. Right. So how many years have you been on the road? Uh, next week will be three years. Did you think it was going to be that long? No, I figured, no, I wasn't sure how long it was going to be. I sold my house and didn't know if it was going to be three months, six months, a year, you know, and finally get tired of it. But three years later, I'm still enjoying it. So You also like picked up a hitchhiker along the way, right? I'm calling I, your girlfriend a hitchhiker, by the way. Like, you, you found, you've got a travel <laughs> partner that uh, came along, right? Right. So yeah, earlier, well, end of last year, I met somebody online and we started to, you know, text back and forth and then at the Camp Fi in January was our first time actually meeting in person. So we had a few days that we got to spend together and then after that we started traveling together. So yeah. To, That's uh, pretty cool. It's a Camp Fi love story. I know Steven, this is a new angle you yeah, can put You didn't know, it. yeah. So, yeah so. You didn't know people were using this as a meetup spot. Right. Uh, <laughs> like if it doesn't work out with you, there might be some other eligible, uh, you know. So. I'm glad it worked out though. Yeah. Congratulations. So. And then can you talk about some of the travel and maybe how you planned it or how you do plan it? I, it's just a long the time on the road. Yeah. 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 So, so what happens? Actually, let's go back to when you first went out on the road. Right. Like, where were you heading? All right. So what did you, were you scared? You, I mean, you were going out alone, right? Uh, actually, at the time I had my dad living with me. And okay. so when I sold my house, like, you know, Back when I was, you know, early teens, like I used to travel up to Utah uh, with my dad, and we kind of have our you know, summer vacations together. And and so, like once I sold my house, we kind of took a nice big road trip, went up to Washington State, kind of down through California, all the way down into Arizona, and back up to Utah. So it just kind of made a nice big loop out of it, and traveled with him for a little while, and then just went off on my own. So. Okay. So let's say you know, fast forward somewhere in the middle of it. How do you plan your 
your days and your travels. Right. So the number one thing is the weather. So I do not like the cold whatsoever. So I try to stick with warm weather. And so, and, uh, you know, like that's the number one thing. But I like, you know, mostly visiting national parks, state parks. And there's a lot of state parks that are, you know, just as nice, if not nicer than some of the national parks. And people tend to miss those. So traveling the way I do, I can, you know, find those little spots. Cool. And, you know, even though I may not have intended to, you know, visit you know, one of those areas. I stopped by and ended up spending a whole day there, and, and I have the flexibility to stay there and get a hotel that night around the area. So. And it's not, so you don't do a lot of pre-planning. Like you kind of, no. if you like a spot, you stay. If you don't, you keep moving. Exactly. And... Yeah, it makes it nice that you know, can have that flexibility. Normally, when I book an Airbnb, you know, those have to be long enough, like at least a week. Normally, two weeks in order to make the fees and everything worth it. So yeah, yeah those are kind of hit and miss. But if I'm booking hotels, I'll just book one night at a time. So that approach yeah. to travel for me is like exhilarating slash terrifying. Of like right. not knowing well, where. Yeah, it seems like it, but like it was actually you know caused more stress and anxiety when I booked several nights ahead. You like had because to be then, somewhere yeah, I had by to be certain, to that next yeah. place. Whereas you know, like. Wherever I get to that night, just yeah. pull out my phone, book a hotel, show up. Like I can literally do it from the hotel parking lot, and by the time I walk inside, they have the reservation, and that's it. So, so if you're comfortable sharing, on average, over your three years of traveling, like what do you spend? I assume you track your expenses. Like, oh, yeah. what are you spending roughly, and is it pretty consistent? Um, kind of, and uh, um, like numbers-wise, well. You know, easiest way to track it is like you know each year I'll you know see what my net worth is. I've been kind of tracking my withdrawal rate, and so like the first year I set out, like I wasn't willing to spend as much money as kind of you know, terrifying that. Yeah. I'm actually spending this money because I had my house free and clear, so my expenses were very low when I first you know set out, and and uh, and so the first year I was just under two percent that I spent, and so it. Uh, and you know, plus I had you know the website and stuff bringing in money, so I never actually spent that. You know, investment money is just like if I were to be withdrawing mm -hmm. off my investments, that's what it would have been. And then last year I was all the way up to 2.35 percent. So <laughs> it's like I'm trying to spend more, but like, like even doing everything I have been doing, it's you know, been great, and I don't feel like I'm skimping anywhere, and it's still not costing that much. So. Yeah, that's fascinating. Have you gotten burned out? on the road, and if so, what do you do? Yeah, a few times, and uh, uh, the last time, uh, last year, like, as summer was coming on, like, a lot of people were traveling, they finally got over, you know, scare of COVID, and they just, you know, were so tired of being cooped up that they decided to get out and travel, and so, uh, you know, roads were getting busier, and it was getting more frustrating trying to, you know, find hotels that weren't, you know, a bunch of people around, and so, uh, finally decided to uh, rent a place in Tennessee for six months. It was the first time I had signed a lease and rented something since like 2005. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, it worked out great though because that house uh, developer had bought it and they were getting ready to actually tear it down and build out that property is on 25 acres. And so they're going to build out that property with uh, townhomes. But you know, until they actually got all the permits and the rezoning and everything done, they wanted to see if they can get a renter in there. Hmm. So they got a six-month lease and you know stayed there. So you know, got to spend the summer there. And uh, a couple other times, I started to burn out. Uh, I stayed with uh, my mom down in Texas and stayed there for a couple of weeks. And normally, like two or three weeks in one place, and then I'm ready to go and actually yeah. excited to go again. <laughs> yeah. And then. You're in a truck, right? Right. 
a lot of people get camper vans or something bigger. Right. Why haven't you taken that step? Why are you still in the truck? Right. Well, first off, it's been a good truck, but never had any major issues with it, even though it's, what, 17 years old now. It's never caused any big issues for me. But uh, back in 2020, I rented a minivan, a Dodge Grand Caravan. And like, ideally, that's probably what I would have. But that worked out perfectly. I was actually traveling with somebody at the time. And even with two people, we just put the seats down. I had the blow-up mattress in the back, still had plenty of room between the mattress and the back of the, the seats, and, you know, could put stuff up on the front seats while we were sleeping. There was plenty of room. So, you know, for all these, like, big, you know, art motorhomes or, you know, the decked-out sprinter vans that are $100,000 or whatever, it just, I don't find those necessary. Like, you know, just a, whatever, just regular minivan was plenty. And so, and, uh, and even my truck just, you know, it, causes me to stay more hotels and stuff, but it's still a whole lot cheaper than you know, other options. All right. And as we wrap up here, do you have any like upcoming travel? What are you looking forward to in the next few months? Uh, yeah, I would say the like, uh, just before COVID hit, I was hoping to hike the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And I was planning that in like January, February of 2020 for, uh, was it May? That would have been the next good time to go. And then March happened and killed those plans. But uh, let's see, at the end of April, I'm going to go on a cruise with my girlfriend and some of her family, and we're at least out of Denmark and Copenhagen. Yeah. And then that'll kind of kick off some European travel. So. Awesome. Nice. Very cool. And then final question here for people that are thinking about maybe getting on the road and they're a little scared. Do you have any tips for them about pulling the trigger or, or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, it's not as scary as you would think it is. It's, you know, a lot of friendly people. I very rarely run across anybody that causes any issues. It's, you know, you know, and it's, you can do it with a lot less than what you think you need. Like I said, with the RV, it's, you don't need big fancy rig or anything. You can, you know, Try it out, you know, rent a minivan for a week-long weekend and see whether you like it or not. And, you know, it's you know, actually not that difficult to get started. So. Do you feel, like, relatively safe on that note? Yeah. Like and you're... actually, yeah, that's one thing that, like, a minivan feels safer. So, like, instead of being in a trailer that you're pulling, like, if something does happen that you're back in your trailer and you want to be able to drive away, yeah. you don't, you know, in a minivan you can just go up and get in your driver's seat and take off. You never have to get outside. So like safety wise, that would be better than, you know, being in a you know, trailer that's you know, tow behind. So. Have you ever had a situation where you wanted to drive away though? No, I've never had any issues. Good. So. Yeah. Scary. That right. continues. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Thanks, Travis. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank thanks, you. Travis. So thanks for joining us. Can you tell us who you are and, and what you do and what you're up to right now? Sure, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, my name's Carlin. I'm here at Camp Fi having a great time. Um, these days I'm making a lot of mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> I uh, left my job last fall and um, have been on what I'm calling a sabbatical or what I plan to be a sabbatical, but I'm really enjoying the whole uh, not working phase of my life so far. I love that the lead for how you spend your time not working is making a lot of macaroni and cheese. Like, I feel like we need to like Let's double click on it. that in yeah. some way. Like, why is that where you go first? Oh, so I found this recipe. Obviously, it's Martha Stewart, right? Because it's perfect mac and cheese, let's be honest. But yeah. I, I found it a few years ago, 
and my family was adamant that they, we didn't want any more like soft stuff, like for our Thanksgiving meal. But I was like, no, you guys have to try this mac and cheese. It's like out of this world. So I made some and they had it and they're like, now we have to have it all the time. So my friends, my family, um, I've been making a lot of it in my spare time these days. What did you think of the macaroni and cheese tonight that we had? I thought it was delicious. Where would you rate that versus like your mac and cheese? Yeah, I didn't have to make it, so like right up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way if someone else, yeah. But you think you could like beat it if we were doing a competition? Well, like, I mean, no, I, I don't I mean, it's know. Just it was delicious. I wasn't knocking the mac and cheese, I was just comparing it to like how awesome yours probably is. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was about to get seconds and then I had to remind myself that I've already eaten like crazy while I've been here this weekend, so like. I think we all have, you know. so. I want to make sure my, my shorts fit tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and we'll uh, get the, the link for the recipe, by the way, because I think everyone's pretty interested. I love mm -hmm. that. All right. So when did you first discover the five movement? Well, it's actually really interesting. I had kind of a cherry problem when I came across the five movement. Um, but I've always had an interest in personal finance, even when I was in college. Um, you know, my sisters and I had our own lawn mowing business. Sisters Lawn Service, I know, really exciting. It's a great um, name. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to, you know, make our own money and, like, kind of make our own decisions. And I never really wanted to go to college, but thanks, Mom. She kind of forced me into that. And, and during college, I learned um, from my HRM, or Human Resources Management professor, that, um, you know, a very small percentage of companies are offering defined benefit plans and, you know, 401K, that sort of thing. Um, and she encouraged me to go to... A uh, small talk. And in this talk, they talked about compound interest and what Ooh. it can do for you, right? So you're picturing the chart that you start down here and then all of a sudden you're like, do, 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 do. And as you're contributing more and more, you know, you, you can really do well for yourself. So once I graduated college, I found um, David Bach's book, uh, which is, if I can remember correctly, called um, Smart Women Finish Rich. Mm -hmm. And that was like my first foray into learning about personal finance. Um, and then my first full-time job out of college, I was only making $28,000. So like the large part of my, you know, last 15 years of my career has been spent, you know, making a pretty marginal increases along the way in promotions and whatnot. Um, but in 2018, when I learned about FIRE, my cherry problem was that, you know, I earned this massive bonus at work. Um, I had come a long way from where I was at the 28K and um, I need to figure out where to put it. And I didn't know because I was already maxing out everything I could in mm -hmm. my tax-advantaged accounts. So along comes the fire movement, and I found some avenues through research that I could use to, you know, invest the money. And that really helped me to get a leg up. And, it, you know, I guess the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> yeah. So you were doing pretty good beforehand. So how far along were you in 2018 where you were like, oh, shit, I can retire in like three years or something? Yeah, I was fortunate that like I could see the end of the runway in 2018. And even though at the time, you know, I wasn't crazy about my job, um, I decided to keep going because, you know, I thought, wow, this is going to allow me so much more freedom once I get to the point where, you know, I reached fire. And that was really exciting for me to think that I could actually do that. You know, it was just like yeah. the possibilities, right? So I kept going and then finally reached it during the pandemic. Um, and not long after, I decided to leave conventional work or W-2 work, as we call it. <laughs> right. So you were pretty, pretty far along, hit uh, you know, your, your five point, and you left sort of dramatically. And I want you to tell that story. Can you tell us what your job was? You can just say the title. 
Sure. Yeah, I worked in enterprise software sales um, for a multinational conglomerate. Uh, it, it's it's an interesting story because I think a lot of people can relate. Um, uh, let's see, after about five years working there, um, I had the unfortunate incident of losing one of my friends from high school. He died tragically in a helicopter crash. And so for me, that really opened my eyes to, you know, why am I waiting to pull the trigger? Because that was really hard for me to see that and go through that. And then it wasn't long after that that I lost a family member. That was really important to me. So I asked for some time off. And, um, you know, my, my boss then, my supervisor then, was um, new in the role. And um, fortunately, he was kind enough to give me some time off. And I, you know, was checked out. I really needed that time for myself. This is paid time off to clarify yes. too, right? This isn't like yes. he like gave you, you're taking your own vacation that you've earned. And yeah, yeah exactly. Like exactly. So I, I took the time and I didn't check my email and I got back and I'll never forget this the day I got back. He said, I'm so disappointed in your level of communication. And I thought it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, I, I can't stay here anymore. That's yeah. why I was clarifying. It was paid. You were on vacation. We right. Yes, it was paid vacation. I'm sorry. I guess I yeah. didn't say that. But, uh, you know, very quickly, I That's turned crazy. in my resignation. There was a going away party the next day. I think it was a Wednesday. I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday. And um, by Friday, I was gone. They didn't let me work out my notice. Um, you know, they basically paid me to leave. Obviously, the company I worked for was, you know, interested in intellectual property, and there's probably a comp competitive situation that they were concerned about. I don't really know, but um, yeah, it was very abrupt and frankly very painful for me to, to exit that way um, because I didn't really get a chance to, you know, give a proper goodbye, I guess. I mean, yeah. After the going away party, everybody was kind of talking about it. But do you Did he know that that's why you were leaving, that that was sort of the final straw, or did you kind of keep that piece discreet? Oh, no, I, I didn't hold much back. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a very frank conversation um, and, you know, I, I wish him all the best. It just, at that point, I knew. I was like, I need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. I was, the reason I was curious if he knew is because I was, I was curious if he accepted that feedback and understood why that might be an odd thing to lead in with after someone goes on paid time off, after going through some tough personal things. And Yeah. Interestingly, he, he was aware of these things, um, and that was the reason why I wanted to take the time I do believe that HR probably had a conversation with him after that, and maybe some coaching or training was offered. I'm not sure, but yeah. I didn't hang around to yeah, find right. out. Yeah. Not your problem anymore. Yes. Yeah. So you've been gone for about six months. Yes. What have the like walk us through those six months? Like your feelings, just what you've been up to, but also just like emotionally, how's that been? Sure. Um, so the first week I was a basket case. I'll be honest. I, I was very emotional. I, I didn't expect to be. I thought I would be hugely relieved, but the way that it all happened and it happened so quickly, like I was a bit like, um, I don't even like know grieving? the word. Or um, yeah, I think. I was just, I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I was a bit of a mess, you know? And so it took me probably about three months to decompress, you know, because right off the bat, you know, I was thinking about my apartment and where I was living and then making those arrangements. So, um, yeah, I got rid of my apartment. I downsized. I um, sold all of my stuff very intentionally. You know, I was like, I'm so grateful for you desk. I'm so grateful for you dresser, you know, and I'm like, I hope you enjoy it new owner. Like 
I, I definitely went through that whole process and, you know, I was really happy that I could move on from the environment that I was in to something different. And I guess the next thing for me, which was, you know, moving out of my apartment, I put a very small amount of stuff into storage and then loaded everything else in my car. I moved in with my sister who graciously let me stay in her condo and now they're selling their place today. So they actually got some offers. So they're pretty excited. And, um, yeah, so now I'm just traveling and enjoying life. You know, it's amazing how when you leave an environment that isn't right for you, you just take a deep breath, I guess. And I, I felt like I finally did that after a few months, like I lost 15 pounds without even really trying that hard. So I thought, wow, this is definitely a different environment. I just feel better. You know, I feel like I have energy again. I'm sleeping through the night again. And I love that. So yeah, you look good. Like you're very, like I, I just talked to you earlier for like kind of the first time since we've been here Yeah. and you're just very like calm and present and you seem just in a very good, like serene state. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, you don't get that vibe from everyone. So something's well, working. Retirement looks good on you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so if you, you know, didn't have to quit in such an unfortunate way, when do you think you would have left? So you hit five at some point, you were hanging around, were you just going to Oh, I was itching to pull the trigger, to be honest. Okay. Yes. You like looking for something? Yeah, I believe it or not, before that had even happened, I, I had told my landlord, I was like, I'm moving out. Like, I'm going to be gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I already started packing stuff up and preparing because I knew I wanted to do something different and I didn't know exactly where I wanted to be. But um, yeah, I, I left all that behind to just create space for something new and different. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you're you're going to start doing some other stuff. Like, do you know what you're going to get into coming up? Yeah, I have a few things planned. Um, you know, the last few months I've spent uh, traveling a bit and visiting friends and family that I haven't been able to see for a long time. So that's been really fulfilling. Um, and here in the next few months, I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling. I've got Airbnb set up and going to Portugal, which is exciting. I had put that off for a while, and I'm finally going to get to go for about a month. So... I'm really excited about that. And then when I get back, I'll be looking at some investment opportunities for the future. Yeah. Can I give a plug for your Portugal trip? Yeah, sure. So if anyone listening knows <laughs> our rich journey yes. and wants to hook her up so that she can meet, do you know them? Aman and Christina, oh, yeah. please email me. She wants to say hello while she's in Portugal. That's big right. fan. <laughs> I'm also a big fan. I just won't be in Portugal with oh, you. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are people who will come join you on your Portugal trip. That's right. Awesome. Very cool. And do you have any more questions? No, I'm just trying to set her up for Portugal. I'm good. (laughs) My job's done here. And there's nowhere people can follow you, right? No, uh, not right now. All right. Well, this has been amazing. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, good luck. I'm excited to hear what what comes in the coming months. Thank you. All right, so we'll start shutting it down here. Maggie, um, you just have a few weeks left of work, right? I have 18 working days left. Yeah. I, I am excited, but I've had this conversation with a few people who seem to be able to relate. It's oddly kind of stressful and anxiety-ridden in these last few weeks and months, and so it's, a, it's just a weird time in both of our lives. And we, mm-hmm. my husband and I talk about it a lot, that... You'd think we'd be like ecstatic that something amazing is, you know, a month away, but yeah. we're we're a little like there's a lot of feelings and emotions happening lately. Probably mostly on my end. Yeah. But, like, yeah. do you 
Yeah, do you have like butterflies, like that kind of anxious, well, like wake up in the middle of the night? No, more like I just have a lot of stuff I have to do. Okay. Um, and it's just sort of the crazy, it's almost like the opposite of the calm before the storm. This is the storm before the calm, I hope. Um, so I'm just trying, I'm trying to like keep my head down and get through it. So. And do you have like the first couple of days just mapped out? I'm curious just to make sure that you are like chilling out and stuff or is it just open? It's just kind of open. I mean, the day right after our last day, I have to get up ridiculously early and drive like an hour to run a 5k with my daughter's running group. So I'm like really not, I was going to like, you know, sleep yeah. till noon or something. Um, but no, we, I mean, we've got like, we've got a couple weeks off before that while the kids are still in school. And so we've got a couple weeks of just like laziness and, yeah. you know, well, that is on awesome. Watch alone on yeah. that Tinian was talking about. Oh, it's on my, I got some to do's like TV yeah, to do's. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, where can people find you? Um, people can find me at, for, if you're looking here, friends on fire, we have a podcast that you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts or on our website friendsonfire.org, or on Instagram. Perfect. We'll link up to it. And thanks so much for your help. Yeah, this was great. thanks for having me. So thanks again to everybody that joined me on the panel, especially thanks to Maggie. Check out her podcast, Friends on Fire. And I think if this is being published at the date that I have it scheduled right now, Maggie just has a couple days left of work. So she put in her notice several months ago and so did her husband. So I think they're, they're almost done and they're gonna take a little time off, which is very, very exciting. So congratulations to uh, Maggie and Greg, that's fantastic. And I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Oh yeah, just Camp Fi in general. These are not paid spots or anything like that. I just like Camp Fi. Steven has done a great job putting this stuff together and he's kind enough to let me you know, take over and record in the evenings, which was really a surprise. I thought I would get one day, but again, he asked me if, if I wanted to do more, which was super cool. And I got to speak there and I was honestly afraid that people would be sick of hearing from me, but a lot of people did show up. And that made me feel good. So thanks to Steven. And if you're interested in Camp Fies, they're all over the country. There's a link in the show notes here so you can check it out, see if one of the dates works for you. Some of them may appear to be sold out. And if they are, but you want to go to that one, I think you can still get on a wait list. The reality is people's schedules change all the time. Something will come up and sometimes a spot will open up that you'll be able to take. So if there is a particular camp that you think is you know the one you want to go to or it's closer or more convenient in some way then get on the wait list even if it looks like it's sold out you might be able to pull it off and make it out there so thanks again to everyone involved campfires are great and we'll catch you all in the next episode thanks for listening to the show that was the mile high five podcast and i'm doug cunnington the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five, and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person, so the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, 
your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.